Hey, welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. I'm Nick Brent, and I'm one of the senior leaders here at Circuit Riders, and it is amazing to see how God is growing this missional community, both here and around the world. We have gotten so many testimonies of how this podcast has revived people's faith, empowered them into their purpose, and led them into a place of personal freedom. And right now as a Cirque Riders, we're in a season of expansion, and we need the help and support of our whole community, including you, to meet those needs. So if Cirque Riders has been a source of encouragement, life, or a blessing to you, we are asking that you would become a monthly giver. Something powerful takes place when we move from just a place of receiving to taking personal responsibility in becoming a participant by giving. If you're ready to give, you can donate now at www.circuitriders.com donate. Again, thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Okay, we're going to try and go quick because I know it's 1230, but I want to deposit. And if you have questions, maybe we could talk after um, or just ask David. He's got all the answers, okay? Here's what I want you to do first, though, okay? What I want you to do first is I want everyone to grab your phone. Let me see it. Let me see your phone. Wave it, wave it at me. Wave it at me. Okay, I'm going to ask you to put it on the floor, face down. Oh, you don't have to throw it, but you can if you want to. Face down on the floor, face down on the floor. I just need 30 minutes of your time. Can I get 30 minutes of your time without looking at your phone? Okay, because I want to give you the heart and soul of the Circa Ride moment. One of the fulfillments, like you were asking, uh, this message is in honor, obviously, of Brian, who would carry this message called the Love Revolution. And if you, if, if you take notes on your phone, just, just listen and borrow someone else's notes, okay? Um, just take notes. Uh, yeah, you can write it if you have a journal. If not, I just want you to listen. And uh, I want to I talk to you again about the Love Revolution. This was a message in West Hollywood at the uh, Hollywood House of Prayer that just ignited our crew. And what's really fun early days, I remember being on our second round of circuit riders, and we were in England, and in England, we saw hundreds saved. It was amazing, and anytime I was around Brian, Brian was, you know, he, he was our pops. It was the reason I moved uh, here. Um, him and I became really close, and so I'd always, it, it's always, just as a fun fact, if you look up to anybody, always have a question ready to pick their brain with. Whether they answer it or not, that's fine. Just always have questions ready to be, ready to be asked, okay, and so I remember being in Heathrow Airport, I was with Brian, and I was like, all right, B, all right, we're here, second round, what, what's the, what message do you think I'm, I'm supposed to carry for my life? You know, like one of those, you know, really intense, I'm 2012, I don't know how old I am, like 22 or something like that, 23, I'm like, I got to get it together, you know? Um, and I remember thinking like, all right, is it going to be like a message on faith or breakthrough, you know what I mean? Or is it going to be like, like... What, is it going to just be like calling people out, these sons of thunder? Just, I'm ready, you know what I mean? I was just like, I'm ready for like a, like a manly, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be like, you know, uh, um, the Titans coach, you know, like I'm ready to carry a message, right? And I remember Brian looking at me and he was like, like, how about you study love? And I remember thinking like, you know, giving the Christian answer, oh yeah, man. He was like, yeah, love's going to be your message. And I remember thinking like, love? man, I don't need that stuff. Like, and I knew that I needed it, but I wanted to preach something else. Have you ever felt that? You're like, I want this, and then God kind of gets you like with a, with a loop-de-swoop, loop-de-doop, right? And so as I dug into it, and this was, I think, pre-Carry the Love, we had other tours going on. Before we called our university tours Carry the Love, I started to dive into it, and I've realized that for the rest of my, my life, 
the message of a love revolution will mark me because we talked through the practicals of carrying the gospel and how do you practice, but I want you to get the heart of it because we could have all the right practicals, but if we don't have the heart, we have nothing, all right? So the love revolution, and the title is Love Revolution. It's what happens when revival hits, okay? So we already talked about Stones of Remembrance. I told you that yesterday, but it's important for us to remember where we came from to know where we're going. And again, I told you this message is in honor of Brian Brandt who carried this message. And here's the truth. Let's be honest, guys. Here's the truth. There's a famine of love in America. And here's what I'm asking you to do. And I know it's 1230. It's late. It's almost Thanksgiving time. We're exhausted. We're eight weeks in. But lean in for 20 more minutes because I'm asking you for this. Would you start a love revolution? Come on, I'm, I'm asking you, would you start a love revolution? If we look around America, we see, if we look around the globe, we see that there is a famine of love. If that's true, say that's true. And what I'm asking you personally, this team, but you personally, I'm asking you, would you start a love revolution? And, and, and here's the word, right? We, we talked about Amy and the, and the word was, it was a angelic encounter, all right? Anywhere in the Bible where that happens, that type of visitation, it's marked by the Lord. Remember, any encounter has to line up with the word. Our encounters, we don't make the word bend to our encounter. Our encounter bends to the word. And if we don't see it through the word, right, then, then, then we, we dismiss it because it has to line up with truth. Amen? And when reading the word, this is not in the notes, when reading the word context, right, um, or content, Plus content equals, uh, what is it again? Oh, well, I'm blanking on it. Sorry, I haven't slept. Context plus content equals, oh, that is it. Context, right, of the word, or content from the word plus context equals meaning. So when you read the Bible, it's important for you to realize that your content plus the context of the word equals the meaning and the definition of what we read, right? And so, but here's the encounter. It says, I represent those who ride through the night to declare a message of revolution. Everyone say Revolution. revolution. That will lead to revival and reformation. Everyone say reformation. reformation. And that was a CR word. And that message is love. Okay. So Romans 12, this is in the message. Okay. I'm going to read briefly from this. I want you to write these notes down. If not, just listen. Don't pick up your phone, please. If you see someone picking up their phone, hit it out their hand. All right. And tell them, Sammy told you not to. All right. Romans, 10, Romans, Romans 12, this is in the message. I want you to listen to this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for, run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life for good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expect it. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've, got it, if you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. It's Romans 12 in the message. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. I'm going to say it again. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. 
Readily recognize, quickly respond to. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen? First John 3.18, it says this. It says in the message, My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Can I get an amen? amen? And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we're bold and free before God. We're able to stretch, out, stretch our hands out and receive what God has asked for, for because we're doing what he said, doing what pleases him. Again, this is God's command to believe in his personally named son, Jesus Christ. He told us to love each other. Everyone say love each other. In, in line with the original command, as we keep his commands, we live, de- uh, we live deeply and surely in him, and he lives in us. And this is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us by the spirit he gave us. Can I get an amen? amen? I want you to think about this, that all revivals are shadows and types of Jesus, but Jesus' revival is still going, right? So we love every revival we pull from it. But every revival, I want you to know, this is the key ingredient in it, is that it starts with loving kindness, okay? And what is loving kindness? I'm going through this quick because we want to pray and get you out of here. But what loving kindness is, is it's leniency and kindness towards the unworthy. It's compassion to the undeserving. Loving kindness means that Jesus came. This is Brian's definition of it. He said, loving kindness means that Jesus came and hung out with people that needed leniency and kindness So he invented the word grace because there was no one like him. I'm going to say it again. I want you to hear this again. I want you to hear. I get it. We're tired. Lean in. Lean forward. Loving kindness means that Jesus came and hung out with people that needed leniency and kindness. So he invented the word grace because there was no one like him. What we're saying, what we're saying in circuit riders is we're saying family over ministry. Right. We're saying love over hate and Jesus over everything. And so part of what we hope that you get and you get multiple doses of this in the school is that we hope that your heart gets hit with the message of love revolution. We hope that you don't leave. We know that many of you guys are going to leave and go do incredible things. Some of you guys are going to stay. But whatever our story holds, we want you to be encountered personally by the message of love. And if you've already done that, go deeper. There's layers to his love. What's so crazy is that for a generation, for us, that we so love the new, right? New phone, new word, new this, new that. We're so dependent on old bread and old revelation, right? We're okay with getting new, 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 but we're okay with waiting on a revelation of his love that we got 10 years ago and feasting on the old bread. So in the wilderness, when they wandered, they gathered manna every day. For the people that gathered more than when they asked for it rotted. The only day you gathered more was, but was the day before the Sabbath. And even when they didn't want every day, his mercies are new every morning. Meaning, his, we, we live on, it says, it says in, 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 the, in the prayer the, the, you know, that Jesus taught, give us, uh, uh, give us our, our day, what is it? Hang on. Give us this day our daily bread. Everyone say daily bread. God says, you're right, he's the bread of life. And so we get daily word. He is the word. And so in the same way, Please, 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 you had an encounter with his love when you were 15, and you're just living on that. Right now, we're going to have that moment where we're saying, God, 
we don't have to feel it, but we want greater encounters with his love. How many of you guys are desperate for a love encounter? Come on. How many of you guys are like, I want to know his love. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be around the lost and my heart not move. I don't want to be around the broken and my heart not move. God, would you encounter me with your love and change me forever? You want to become a better preacher? Encounter his love. You want to become a better musician? Encounter his love. You want to become a better media person? Encounter his love. You want to become a better Christian? Encounter his love. We have to daily ask the Lord, God, would you give me an encounter with your love? I don't want to just talk about someone else's revelation. I don't want to, I don't want to copy revelation. I don't want an echo revelation. I want my own personal revelation with his love that changes me forever. Amen? And what we're saying is this, right? read two two verses and then we're going to be done out of Luke. It's beautiful. Um, and then we're going to we're going to play a snippet of this message, which I would I would encourage you to to read it or sorry, to, to listen to the podcast because it's beautiful what Brian shared. And a lot of these I'm pulling from it. But in Luke 7, 36 through 50. OK, two two longer verses, but it's OK. You guys love the Bible. So we're moving on. All right. Luke 7, 36. Says a sinful woman forgiven. All right. It says, one of the Pharisees, verse 36, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair uh, of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, just himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who um, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Probably Peter. Right. Simon, I got to ask you something. And, and he said, say it, teacher, said a certain moneylender had two debtors and one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they couldn't pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, who of them now, now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but uh, for my feet. But she had she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. But he was forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this who we bring forgive sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And here's what we got to realize. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the people in that room. Because according to the scripture, we know this, that if we've broken one part of the law, we've broken the whole law. Okay? So remember, God doesn't grade on a curve. One sin isn't worse than another sin. Every sin separates us from, the, from, from God, right? There are certain sins that sin against our body, like Im, sexually immoral sins, but every sin is the same. It's not judged differently, right? Consequences practically are different, but every sin is the same to the Lord. And so what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, to the woman and everyone, he was saying, listen, if your mindset for forgiveness is that you've only sinned a little, you're only going to love a little. But if you realize that even your little sin, and again, hear me real quick. You don't have to have an insane, insane testimony to see God, people encounter Jesus. Judah Smith, who's an incredible communicator, him and his wife, Chelsea, they're beautiful. His, te his, his testimony, he didn't have a crazy rebellious streak, but no one can say he's not impacting everyone around him. Why? 
Because it doesn't matter what you're, you break one lie, you just, you stole from your mom once, you lied to your mom once, you sinned, you've been separated from God forever, and know that Jesus paid the price for you. So don't feel like you have to have this crazy testimony of building your testimony, that's what I call going into the world, you build your testimony. Don't feel like you gotta build it, right? No, you can come back and understand that God has forgiven you so much so you can love much. But religious people think we've been forgiven little, so we love only a little bit. So we need to know that we've been loved a lot. Okay, next, next verse, Luke 19. Luke 19, one, one through nine. We're almost done. We're going to pray and we're going to get you out. I promise we'll get you out by one. He entered Jericho and was passing through, verse 1. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd... He could not because he was small in stature. Shout out to the short people. That's all right. Hey, shout out to my wife. All right. Um, Verse four. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I must stay at your house today. Classic Jesus throwing a party at someone else's house. I love it. It's amazing. So he hurried down and came and received him joyfully. And when he saw it, they all grumbled. He had gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood, uh, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, the Lord, be, behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. Um, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What's amazing is all the people that lined up on the street were the religious people. They're the people that had it all together, that looked apart. But Zacchaeus he, he was, right, that tax collector, he was a person that had defrauded people, but what did he do? He climbed into it. He was a man of great status, even though he didn't, he, he wasn't have a, he didn't have a good reputation, but he climbed into a tree, and he climbed in a place and made himself humble. The beautiful thing about a sycamore tree, it's kind of cool, just a fun fact, it's one of the only trees that sheds its bark to grow. Right? So what does Zacchaeus do? He climbs into a sycamore tree. He sheds, he becomes vulnerable, right? He's not like, I'm not going to, I'm a man of wealth. How much of the time are we not allowing ourselves to be shed and be vulnerable to grow in ourselves because we feel like we got to have it all together, right? So, so, so Zacchaeus was the, was the living picture of a sycamore tree climbing up and being vulnerable, showing his bark for himself to grow. And what does Jesus do? He says, I'm parting at your house. All the religious are like, man, why would they do that? And what happens? Salvation comes to his house. Because Zacchaeus was ready for God to move. Amen? So these four things, four things that will be done, all right? Four things will be done. Is that Jesus loved people out of the humanity he has. All right? So it's time for us to go all in for love. Someone say, go all in for love. Go all in for love. Jesus got tired. For some of us, even right now, you're like, I'm tired right now. That's all right. Jesus loved people out of the humanity that he had. What we have an invitation is, we don't, Jesus didn't just love us out of, the, out of his divinity. He loved us out of his humanity. Amen? Number two, de, Jesus, right? He, he defined, Jesus was defined by love and not ministry. And we're going to be defined by love and not ministry. We're redefining greatness. Amen? The heroes are those who love. Less spiritual detective work, more love work. In the end of the day, we don't want to be known for all the things we did, books we wrote, podcasts, we're amazing people. What if we were known for all this crazy uh, successes, but, but not known for love? Man, 1 Corinthians 13, what does it say? You could do all that stuff, but if you don't love, you got nothing. What we want to be known for is we want to be known as men and women who love. Circuit riders, when they meet us, they say, man, these people love us. 
uh, in, in John 13, it says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love each other, and by this love, the world will know that you're my disciples. It must be a lot harder to love each other, if because if we would love each other with a God kind of love, the world would know. And so what we want to do is we want to not only love the world, but we want to love each other, and we want to be defined by love. Amen? Amen? Number three, Jesus's love came out of his prayer life. That was his secret sauce. So even with the question you're asking, right, about, about intimate time versus corporate time, if, if all you're encountering Jesus is, is in a corporate time, you, you don't have a personal encounter with Jesus. You have a social encounter. Or you, have, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You have a social relationship with Jesus, right? You socially relate to him when your friends are around, but you can't talk with him personally. You're awkward personally with him. And I said this last night. The veil between boredom and encounter is a thin veil. Don't feel like every time you read the word, you got a crazy encounter. Also, don't read the word for a message. Don't read the word to share with someone else. Read the word to be changed. It's a double-edged sword. It cuts us, right? And so I want to read the word. I want to be changed. I'm not reading the word to prove to someone. I'm not reading the word to share my insight. I'm reading the word to be changed. Amen? Jesus' secret life, right? Jesus' love came out of his prayer life. Secret sauce, if we're lacking in love and lacking in power, we're probably lacking in prayer. Take that to the bank and take it personal. If you're lacking in love and if you're lacking in power, you're probably lacking in prayer. So get addicted to a, a personal prayer life. Number four, Jesus never loved someone from a superior position. He never, like even, even Simon, again, like in the story, he had this woman come in, but even he was saying to himself, he's like, I can't believe Jesus would do that. I'm telling you, where, you're going to find Jesus the most in the margin. You know where you're going to find Jesus the most? In the marginalized. You know where you're going to find Jesus the most? With the broken, with the hurting. And, and I want to encourage you with something. I don't have time to go into it. But, but, but when Peter has the vision, or has, has the, he's in a trance, has a vision of, of God saying, uh, like, kill and eat. And Peter's like, I would never. And he said it to him a few times. And it was Peter, the reason he said that was because Peter had a revelation that Jesus and the Holy Spirit was only for the Jews. But Jesus was saying the Gentiles are a part of this moment. So Cornelius' prayer life released a vision for Peter to get it. And Peter went begrudgingly, but he went, right? And Peter had the margins, the margins had a revelation for Peter that Peter didn't have. Let me say it again. Again, when we go share Jesus with the margins, we're bringing the greatest message, message ever. But there's a great chance that the margins, people in the margins and broken, have a message for you just like you have a message for them. Right? So don't love from a superior position. We must love from a low place. Amen? We've got to love from a low place. When we go on campuses, high schools, colleges, when you go back home to your church and your family, even for Christmas, don't love from a superior. It's so crazy how we could, get, we could be superior. We go home and we're like, I got all my family. They're pagans. My goodness. I'll be praying for them, praying for their salvation. Love from a low place. How can you serve? Love looks like hard work. Love looks like service. Go and serve. Doesn't mean we can't call them out in love, but I want you to love from a low place, all right? So these takeaways. One, be addicted to humility because under love is humility. So the love revolution, we got to be addicted to being, being humble. Philippians 2, it says, God didn't count equality with God to be grasped, but became human, right? And not only human, he died the most violent death on a cross, right? So God, it says Jesus humbled himself. Right. So we must be addicted to, to humility. Therefore, God raised him. Right. So every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Jesus Lord. And we want that to happen before Judgment Day, not after Judgment Day. Amen. We got to be addicted to humility. Under love is humility. And, and, and ask your friends. Don't ask people that want to rebuke you. Ask your friends this question. 
Have I been humble this past month? People that love you. Don't ask people that want to rebuke you because there are those people in this room. You want to rebuke each other. Don't do that. You just love each other. But when you have good friends, like if, I, if David and I are, are, are rolling in life every day, I'd be like, David, speak into my blind spots. Have I been humble? And he's like, man, you have, but there's been a few times where I've seen this. Thank you for speaking in, right? In the same way, let's be addicted to humility because hunger precedes humility. Humility precedes unity and unity precedes power, okay? So if we're asking God, I want the power of God and the love of God in my life. Well, you know, we need, we need unity and to get unity, we need humility, and to get humility, we need hunger, all right? So number two, Jesus doesn't mind my weakness. I want you to hear that. The Bible says God's power is made perfect in our weakness. It's time to boast about our weakness and his strength. God chose us. Think about your greatest weakness. Give it to the Lord. Stop thinking about it. And it's so funny. This, this line from a pastor said, um, said, at the expense, I think I said it to you, but I, it's just coming back again. At the ex- we, we care about our reputation at the expense of our own freedom. We care about what other people think about at the expense of our own freedom. We so care about how we're perceived with our weaknesses at the expense of, uh, of, of, of celebrating his strength in our weakness. All right. So Jesus, I want you to hear. Look at me. Look at me real quick. Look at me. Jesus doesn't mind your weakness. God wants to use you in your weakness. Please hear me. As circuit riders, being that OG, triple OG, none of us are perfect. You could go up and ask us, and we're all struggling with something. Jesus doesn't mind your weakness. He wants to use it. Number three, love revolution says this, that every person is important. We all, I, again, like I just said, we all get insecure, right? I get insecure, and ultimately, security is in the love of Jesus. We said it in that verse, make friends with nobody, don't be the great somebody. And, and I said this yesterday or sometime we're nobody telling everybody about somebody. Love revolution, it's every person is important. Please, 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 let's not be like in the book of James where we're just getting the famous people or the people of, of stature up to the front, but we're forgetting about everyone else. It doesn't mean, again, here's what I want you also to hear the other side of the coin. Sometimes influential people that are known, we don't make space for them. So even though they're known, we judge them, right? So, so there's a famous person, we judge them because imagine if someone followed you around 24-7 for a year. What are they going to capture, right? So we judge them for a, a poor moment. And so we got to remember, love revolution is, is, is for every person. Every single person is important. Yeah. Amen? Number four, we are all commit. We have to all commit to see a need and meet a need. What if we looked for the needs with our own eyes and heart every day? We got to see a need. We got to meet a need. And number five, where is your community? Jesus rarely did anything alone. In community is love and love er- er- erupts out of it. It's so funny that sometimes we get into a moment where we feel like we've arrived and then we think that we got to do it ourselves. No. Where is your community? Right now, this is your community. But if you're going home, make sure if you don't have one, start one. Create one. Right. Look for community. Stay focused on Jesus. Right. Every revival I already talked about starts with loving kindness. We're going to hear it again. Right. Every revival starts with loving kindness, which is leniency and kindness towards the unworthy. It's compassion to the undeserving. And here's what we're saying. It's time to generously love with everything in us. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Again, I went through that fast. I wish I could expound more on it. But here's what I'm asking from you. If you're saying, Lord, I want to be marked by the message of love revolution, me personally. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to stand where you're at. Okay. If that's you, no pressure again. Because when we say yes to love, Jesus loved us so much he gave his life. 
And so if that's you, I want you to stand where you're at. I want you to make your way up to the front, okay? I want you to make your way up to the front. I want you to make your way up to the front. We're going to play a short clip, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to be done. But make your way all the way up to the front, all the way up to the front, all the way up to the front. Because these moments when we pray for this, God takes it seriously. So if you don't mean it, don't come up here. Don't come up here because it's like herd mentality. Everyone else is coming up. Literally sit and think about it. Because when we say yes to a love revolution, it's going to happen. And God's going to make us what? Uncomfortable, take risk, and not understand. And so what we're saying is, okay, we got the, we got the metrics, right? We got the, the, the practicals of preaching the gospel. Now this is the heart message. Like, God, let my heart burn and be broken for the lost. Amen? I want that. So open up your hands right now. Open up your hands. Close your eyes. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I want to be marked, I want to be marked by, the message of love, by the message of love of a love revolution. Of a love revolution. Okay, we're going to play this clip. Okay, and so what I'll have you do is I'm going to have you pray after Brian. So if you haven't listened to this, Brian's going to pray. This is from a clip in, in, in the, the House of Prayer in West Hollywood where the message of love revolution dropped. We were in, in an intense moment. We took it down right here, but we're, I want you to repeat after him. Hopefully this is the one. If it's not, that's okay. I'll, I'll have us pray after, and then we'll go. So you ready? Are we ready for it? So close your eyes. Hands open. Let's see if this is the one. Hopefully it is. We'll see. One hour. Um, hang on. Pause it. One hour, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. It's the same one. So hands open. One hour, 11 minutes, 11 seconds, until one hour, 14 minutes, 28 seconds. I'll tell you when to stop it. Turn it up. Just receive this. Pray after him. going just just stay in this moment come on we're just receiving it stay in this moment Activity is going to kill us. Yeah. Right. We got to learn the 
Come on, say, love's not hard. Okay, pause it, pause it, pause it. We need to stay in this place. We're, gonna, we're, we're just going to pray real quick. If you want to get on your knees, you can get on your knees. If you want to lay down, you can lay down. But if you want to just keep your hands open, we're just going to receive that mantle of a love revolution. If we could play some, some worship music, something soft in the back. Um, iPod worship still works. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But open up your hands. I want you to pray this with me. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you to say this with me. Just say, Jesus. Jesus. We want to activate our love. We want to activate our love. We want to say these, oh, don't repeat this yet, but I, I'll tell you when, but I want to repeat these lines that Brian said because it says this, okay? So say this with me. Say inactivity. inactivity. Say it like you mean to say inactivity. It's going to kill me. Inactivity is going to kill my love. I'm ready to love. Passivity it's just slow love. It's just slow love. Fear, Fear is selfish love. It's selfish love. Pride, Pride is too high love. It's too high love. I declare, I declare right, now, right now I'm getting addicted to Jesus' love. Love is Jesus. And we're a family that loves together. Okay, let me pray for you. And then we're just gonna sit in this just for a few minutes. I know it's one. Thanks for listening to a Circuit Rider podcast. For our full library of podcasts and more information about the Circuit Riders, visit us at circuitriders.com. To access worship, messages, and training courses, visit us at circuitriders.tv. To get involved with the day-to-day of what we do or see what's happening across the globe, you can follow us at Circuit Riders on Instagram. And finally, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.